Hello and welcome to Bygones. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode of Ali McBeal through 2021. Eyes soon to be. But before <laughs> we can get into anything 2021, it's our annual mailbag episode. Mailbag. Yep, you have given us your cues and we are giving you some A's. By that I mean answers and not assholes. <laughs> Well, you know, some people think that A stands for asshole. Okay. But it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> not like it starts with Q and A, Just to clarify. Just in case you're confused. This is an, this is an asshole free zone. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah, so today we're looking through all the the messages and the reviews we're opening up our dusty mailbag questions (laughs) yeah exactly and taking a look see what tumbles out taking a look (laughs) seeing what you had to say to us throughout this season because uh we do get messages and we try to reply to as many as we can um on the various on the various feeds and socials and inboxes and outboxes. Um, we tend, we love chatting with everyone who has thoughts about the podcast and thoughts about Ali McBeal. Um, but sometimes we do miss the odd one. Yes. Um, so if that has happened to you, massive apologies. Um, it's hard to keep track of everything um, a lot of the time, especially if there's a period of high activity. But um, we think we have gathered up everybody's thoughts from the year so far. Yes. Um, and... Uh, uh, we are going to share them today and, and chat about it and give you shout outs. So um, thank you and keep giving us your thoughts. Keep emailing us, keep DMing us. We love it. Never apologise. Yes. Sometimes people are like, I'm really sorry. I'm sending you a message again. And we're like, no, we love it. Keep coming. Keep coming at us with the messages. And we know you're out there. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, I've so, got so yeah. many feelings about this episode. I need to tell you them all in an email. It's like, great! <laughs> That's what we want. <laughs> so never feel want. bad about emailing us and letting us know what you think. We love it. Um, so I'm going to wind way back to, I think, the start of the year at some point. I think this was like March, April time. We got a little old email from Amy. Um, one of our listeners who said, Hi, Laura Jane and Eleanor. I wanted to email and say thank you for your brilliant podcast. I have recently started watching Ali McBeal for the first time in about 15 years. I didn't watch it originally on Channel 4. So this is a British listener. I, my detective skills are telling me. <laughs> um, she said, I didn't watch it originally on Channel 4, but my sister had a few VHS tapes, which we would sometimes VHS watch. And I must have caught... Yes, I must have caught the odd episode on repeat. I don't think I have ever watched it in order before, so I'm really enjoying this rewatch. Because I don't have strong memories of Ali McBeal, I have no idea what is going to happen next, so I appreciate that you are spoiler-free. I have watched and listened to most of series one so far, and I like that you don't like Billy. I don't ever remember rooting for Ali and Billy, so I can only hope that they don't end up together. Yes, well, if you've got to this point, you you might realise that that's not happening. Um, It says, what I remember most strongly is the friendship between Ali and John, and so far I am loving seeing that develop. 
After your mailbag episode, I am really looking forward to watching series five, which I have absolutely no memory of at all. <laughs> I look forward to finding out what makes it so terrible. So do we. <laughs> she said, I also love listening to podcasts. Most of the podcasts I listen to have American hosts. And when I saw bygones, I expected more of the same. I was overjoyed to hear British voices. <laughs> I love your perspective on the series. As I watched the first few episodes, I realised how problematic some of the stories would be and thought that they would never be able to make a lot of these episodes now. Anyway, I just really wanted to say thanks. Both Ali McBeal and Bygones have helped distract me from the problems of the world right now and I really appreciate it. I hope you are both staying safe and well. Oh, Thank you, Amy. Thank you. That's so sweet. I think it's really... Uh, I love having people come on the sort of similar journey with us because... I can't, like, I, you know, obviously I have watched Ali McBeal all the way through, but my memory is so dire that it's just like, I can't remember <laughs> what happens from here all that much. So I'm I'm discovering it as you are discovering it. So I like it when we, when we have uh, listeners who are in the same boat. And uh, also, yes. uh, I'm really glad that, you know, you're finding podcasts like ours sort of helpful in 2020 like what a year and it's nice and beyond (laughs) yeah and and nice to know it's it's been yeah helpful um even in a little way I agree I find podcasts really like you know it's like having friends in your ears and when you can't see many of your friends in person I I really enjoy listening to podcasts it's appreciated isn't it yeah yeah, no, I I think the same. I I think uh, I'm glad that nobody's there. Well, very few people are there still rooting for Ali and B- Billy when they rewatch it these days. I think. Yeah. When you when anyone comes to it, usually they're like, "Oh God, <laughs> what were they thinking?" So <laughs> that's good. And yeah, I'm definitely interested. I cannot wait for season five. I do remember it being terrible, but I don't remember exactly all the ins and outs as to why so this is it's going to be a wild ride so stick with us (laughs) (laughs) yes so we had another email um from emily a listener called emily um and this one was called ali's siblings dead sister watch she says um in the second episode uh of season one Georgia and Ali are in a bar when Georgia pretends to hit on a random man and then encourages Ali to try the same thing. And the guy she hits on recognises her and says he was her brother's old roommate. Maybe this is one of the other kids the parents were talking about though I don't know where he's supposed to be and whether we're supposed to believe the dead sister was real it's hard to believe losing a young daughter wouldn't come up at all in the therapy session if it was real thank you for the great podcast I (laughs) I was like oh my god I forgot about that that. yeah so she has some so she apparently has a dead sister and a brother that no one mentioned (laughs) No one mentions at all. Yeah. Uh, I thought we'd put the dead sister to bed at the end of this season because we were like, let's call it. It doesn't exist. And actually, I think we can still probably do that. I th- yeah, Because probably. I think it would have come out 
in the last episode of that season for sure unless in the last two seasons she whips it out again like then then well, we'll have to revisit won't we good lord but but the brother <laughs> mention is interesting because that is it's almost like a separate issue i want to know why her parents have don't seem to reference or care or have any memory of their other kids <laughs> in the slightest yeah like, it makes no sense like they would have been invited both... to that thanksgiving yeah like why aren't they both obs- why are they both obsessed with ali what about her brother like where does he fit in with all this like it doesn't make any He's sense. probably like, I'm leaving that mess to, I'm leaving them to their <laughs> yeah. own crazy mess. I'm out. Like, I might phone you once in a while. He's probably moved to like the West Coast or a different country. He's like, yeah. you guys are Insane. loco. I'm moving. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll have to keep Excellent up spot, Emily. Thank you for pointing that out for us. Um, We had an email from Michael who says, Hi ladies, I just wanted to send a very quick email to let you know that I enjoy your podcast. I think you're doing a great job and definitely keep up the excellent work. I'm 36 and actually watched Ali McBeal from start to finish for the first time very recently. I began in early 2019 and it took me about a year to finish the whole series. When I finished it all in February of 2020, it became very apparent that there was no one to discuss the show and its wacky but very memorable <laughs> characters with. Overall, I really loved the show. It was definitely a long journey, maybe one season too long, lol. <laughs> and there was a lot to unpack story and character wise. So I was pleasantly surprised to find a podcast featuring you two ladies diving deep into each and every episode. The timing could not have been any better. I'm still making my way through your season one recaps and definitely enjoy hearing your takes on the show. As someone that was vaguely aware of the show in 97, but never sat down to watch a full episode until 2019, I was surprised to know that there was so much controversy surrounding the series when it aired, from Callista Flockhart's weight to how the show dealt with feminism and more. I had no idea the show was such a lightning rod when it aired in the 90s. I just remember the talk at the time centering on a quirky lawyer and a dancing computer-generated baby. It wasn't (laughs) until after I finished the series finale that I learned Time magazine put Hallie on their cover as the potential symbol for the death of feminism. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) one book that you may want to read that dives deep into Ali McBeal and its many character depictions and story elements good and bad is called searching for the soul of Ali McBeal critical essays it's a collection of essays by various authors that write about how Ali McBeal deals with gender roles sexuality minority representation and more perhaps you could read and discuss some of the essays on your podcast one day Anyway, I just wanted to that say, keep like a up. Brilliant idea! It does, doesn't it? I thought that. Um, he That's says, "Great." He says, "Anyway, just wanted to say, keep up the great work. I'm massively behind on your show, but I did want to say that I noticed the description for your latest podcast mentioned Black Lives Matter and promoted ways to donate to the cause. As a black man living in America, I just wanted to say thank you for caring enough to do that and for being an ally. Things can only get better if everyone uses their platform to help those in need, so we can make concrete change." Not quite a fishism, but it's a start, Michael. <laughs> oh, Michael. Thank you so much. And that is a really excellent recommend, like that book. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I need to se- seek that out. I remember thinking yeah, that when we first definitely. got his email, uh, email, but I haven't done that yet, but I will. I think that would make a great bonus episode. Yeah, well, several bonus episodes. Like, we could yeah. look at um, a few of those. Like, uh, that's really interesting. And yeah, no, you're, you're very welcome in regards to, um, you know, allyship and, and you know, uh, trying to... Um, promote better behavior from white people <laughs> yeah we try um, it's, um, I think I'm, we try um, it's not we'll never be perfect but we do try <laughs> absolutely not we're trying we're trying um and everyone can always do better so um we're always going to try and encourage that I but, think it's uh, interesting yeah, Michael makes he... the point that um the fact that there's no one really to discuss Annie or very few people are discussing Annie McBeal um even though it was such a zeitgeisty show in the 90s like everyone was talking about it in the 90s and I find I find this point really interesting Michael because um if you think about Annie McBeal if you were there in the 90s it was such like a water cooler show it was hyped up everyone was talking about it but these days when you're getting a lot of 90s revival kind of uh, people rediscovering 90s shows like friends has pretty much never been off the air everyone's talking about friends and when it went on netflix people still talk about it you know there's been lots of like rediscovery of 90s shows because 90s nostalgia is quite hot right now but ali's not really been picked up in the same way um and i find that really interesting (laughs) Because it can't be because it's problematic, but, because Friends is problematic, but that's still, But I, th- I you wonder, know. I wonder whether, I reckon that's because, like you say, Friends has never really gone away. So it's mm. kind of harder to see the, the problematic stuff if you've never actually been allowed to take a break from it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas but there was that moment something... where Friends got put onto Netflix for the first time and that caused a whole new generation of people who hadn't watched it before to discover it and be like what the heck is this you know what I mean <laughs> I well I actually think I, I think part of the problem with Ali McBeal is I I wonder whether it's a case of like Ali McBeal just doesn't feel like a particularly like she's not an aspirational character to no. people like young people nowadays. No, I think God a lot no. of young people <laughs> would watch her and be like, "What the fuck is her problem?" Like, um, and be and very much kind of like we are a lot of the times in terms of like, God, she's insufferable. Like, <laughs> but it's funny because I mean, as you admitted, like right at the very beginning when we started this, like you did look at the kind of things Ali McBeal was doing and be like I want to do that I want to be a lawyer I want to be an adult walking down the street with my Starbucks like I I want to be only focused on my problems and no one else's (laughs) that's what I want I do (laughs) (laughs) but I do think like there's there is that element of like she's not an aspirational figure the way that I think maybe she was when we were growing up, I think she she did inspire a lot of adolescents at the time who did see it. 
but she just the times have moved on so much and yeah you know uh like feminist critical thinking has evolved so much yeah you're right she is not aspirational no one wants to be ali mcbeal no (laughs) (laughs) if that's not the title of this if that's not the title of this episode, no one wants to be Ali McBeal at the end of this. I don't know. We must have come up with something much more fun. But yeah, that's, oh my goodness. That's, it's so true though. Like you, you would never, yeah. I can't imagine anyone watching this today being like, oh my God, mind blown. Finally, I see myself represented and yeah. what I want to be. Like, you know, you just think, no, I want more. I want to be better. I Do you think- know what I mean? I think younger people are just like, I think nowadays are just a lot more concerned with the world as well yeah. as their own sort of inner problems and yeah. psychological trauma and stuff. Like, we want to do both. It, we, but it's funny with to... Ali, isn't it? Because she she is concerned with her, um, her own, like, she's not concerned with the world, but she's also weirdly no, she's not at all. and she's very she's very focused on her own problems but also weirdly not at the same time because she like doesn't get proper help for them <laughs> she doesn't like, yeah do you know what I mean like it's like all she these things that I think really today think we'd be like progress. no we'd be like go and get therapy You're... go and get medication it's, why are you hallucinating do you know what I mean like all these things that, that <laughs> People today would be like, why are you not looking after yourself yet also hyper-focused on everything that's going wrong in your life? Like, yeah. it's very strange. Yeah. Yes. And I, but I, I think, yeah, someone is, I, I just think nowadays, like, a lot of younger people would just hope, be totally put off by yes. the lead character being someone's so self-absorbed yes in their own um you know uh new neuroses like yeah it's like it's fine to seek help like and recognize that you're having mental health issues but to be so consumed by them to the point where you cannot recognize that there is anything bigger or more important than that (laughs) like is is crazy to a lot of people. <laughs> like the episode <laughs> where she she like hangs out with that homeless guy and somehow makes it all about her. <laughs> like, <that> I, just, <laughs> I mean that just sums it up really, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh Very dear. Funny. So thank you, Michael, for your um kind words. Um and we uh hope you are continuing to enjoy it as you progress through. Um I don't know whether you've managed to catch up to current yet but uh, hopefully you will get there. (laughs) Um, So we had an email from Matthew, who is one of our patrons. Hi, Matthew. He says, hi there. I have been meaning to write to say thank you for making lockdown more bearable with episodes of Bygones. And I know you say to get in touch with any random thoughts. So here it goes. Winky face. (laughs) Plus, I couldn't do any more work either today. And this afternoon's good news for once from the US about employment rights for LGBT plus people. To think Richard Fish would probably say, what about the straight men? (laughs) Anyway, with respect (laughs) to last... (laughs) He said, 
anyway, with respect to last week's episode, it was really great to have an intro set up celebrating Black Lives Matter at the beginning. It made me think of what this episode would have been like if race was an integral component of the story, like little fires everywhere. I shudder to think. It also really struck me that Renee featured so peripherally here and then only to be suspected by Billy of talking about Elaine to the social worker. But also, are there even African-American lawyers at Cajun Fish? Good point. I don't I don't think I have noticed any prominently, at least. I think I've only... Wasn't the... I think the only black woman I've seen at Cajun Fish um, wasn't wasn't the woman that was on do you remember when Ling and Richard were first getting together and do you remember yeah. that scene that like killed us where Richard takes Ling off to like a corner of the office and then he pushes a woman <laughs> off street, like in a wheelie chair wasn't she black I thought she was black. oh my like, god she might have been just, I'd like, have to look that up that gift only- <laughs> I can't remember but yeah I mean I wouldn't put it past him but yeah there's no one I don't remember like it would be just really peripheral background actors if there was Um, Matthew also says other thoughts yes there should have been a warning at the scene with Billy and he's referring to that scene where she comes into Ali comes into his office and he's like doing weights (laughs) and he says and yes this is petty (laughs) He says, he said, yes, this is petty, but were the weights even that big? (laughs) That's funny. Um, He says, Elaine's reputation as the office slut, as they put it, is really confusing. Aside from the slut shaming, we never see her with any men, bar George last season, aka the best looking man in the Ali McBeal universe, apparently. And with George, it was clear that she wanted a monogamous relationship. It feels like the show was trying to unpick this a little in the second season, but I feel with all this fluffing at the beginning of season three, there has been less time to grow Elaine's character. So it was nice to have this episode focus on her because Jane Krakowski is such a great actor. I'd have loved to have got some earlier foreshadowing of Elaine wanting children, unless I missed this. So this is in reference to the episode where she got... Um, she found a baby. <laughs> um, he says, Richard was horribly misogynistic again. No surprises. Um, and he said he did quite enjoy the Nell and Ling bits in that episode, even if they were silly, especially the throwing the baby bits. He says, I mean, it's believable that he would do that. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we found Billy guilty in that episode. And he said that Billy definitely guilty, right choice. Um, And when we talked about um, the verdict in that case, he says um, he agrees that they were not having the right debate. It struck me what LJ said about how they'd have to be as stringent with Elaine as they are with foster carers. Although then it made me think that I've never even seen foster carers represented well on American TV. Maybe that's just my experience. Yeah, I don't know if I have seen a decent representation of foster carers on TV. I think, uh, in general, I think, yeah, foster foster parenting gets a bad name in the media. Um, And probably because, you know, there's good reason for that. But um, the show Unbelievable um, that was on Netflix. Who's in that? um, It's based, um, Tony Collette. 
Um, oh, I don't think um, I've watched that. One of the girls from Booksmart. Have you not seen it? Oh, what? no, I, I have seen that. The one with the rape. Yeah, it's basically yes. a true story where yes, yes, a yes, yes, yes. Rapist. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's a brilliant well, show. Yes, it's it's excellent. Like if you haven't seen it, I really recommend you see it. Um, uh, but in that the the girl, you know, at the very beginning, Caitlin Diva, um, she uh she's playing a character that has been in foster care her whole life. And her foster parents, you, you see two of them, one foster mum and then a foster mum and dad. Um, and certainly whilst the, the foster mum, like one of them is, is, you know, not the best, like the other foster mum and dad who appear to be like her favourite um, were, seemed very nice and like quite a nice positive portrayal of, of foster parents um but I think that's the only one that's the only show well, I can really think of well you say that but the old you know what I'm gonna say Neighbours has <laughs> done <laughs> actually a really excellent work on foster, a foster care storyline this year um with oh, okay. two it's basically um it's um notable because um, they actually brought in uh, Deborah Lee Furness to direct those episodes, who is uh, Hugh Jackman's wife, and she's a director. Oh. But she's also um, a passionate advocate for adoption and foster caring. She's ado- she's got two adopted children with you. I was going to um, say they, yes. they uh, have their children are adopted, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. So they asked her. She's a director anyway, so it's not like weird for her to come in and direct. But they asked her yeah. to come in and direct this storyline specifically, where they have um, there's a gay couple on the street um in in the in the show um David and Aaron and they basically decide that they're interested in having children but they decide to go down the foster route first um and so they did this whole storyline with um them getting a foster child um and showing the difficulties and the challenges of it but ultimately it it was a positive depiction of foster caring which I thought was really nice um and really good to do especially with an LGBT plus couple um I thought was really nice um so I think times are changing but yeah I I haven't um it is rare normally it's seen as like a a nightmare scenario being in the care system isn't it yes and I and I don't think that's necessarily um entirely unfair but I think it is worth, you know, having positive representation as well to be like, yes. you know, it not can every have a positive outcome. Is going yeah. to be a terribly abusive or just indifferent person. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Matthew's final point was that it was lovely to see Margaret Camero. I'm going to cherish any LGBT character and I think she's great. Cajun Fish owe her big time. Because I'm a nerd, I had a look and there are definitely articles about queering Ali McBeal, etc. So when I have time, I'm going to do some more research. Winky face. Anyway, thank you again <laughs> for your wonderful podcast. Thank you, Matthew. Oh, thank, thank you, you Matthew. Matthew. Great email. Yes, lots of good stuff there. Um, 
So yeah. a bit later on in the season, um, we had an email from Eileen who said, hi ladies, I love your podcast. And I did a review a while ago, Eileen Marathon. I'm pretty sure we will have read Eileen's review out in a previous mailbag episode. Um, Eileen says, I bought the five season special box set for $10 at a thrift store. So I'm in till the end. Bargain. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Great, great, uh, great. Uh, price there well done um and she says just the show's original one run and then never again <laughs> Fair enough. um and she says i'm just writing to explain the bride mannequin becoming ally and winking and waving at herself which was something that happened a couple of episodes before the end wasn't it it was towards the end of yes. the season yes she says I'm way older than you guys and the late 60s, early 70s TV show That Girl in the long opening credits has the lead who wants to be an actress and dates a guy through most of the show seeing herself in a store window in a wedding gown and the mannequin winks at her. The character Anne-Marie would often push the feminist point of view as did her portrayer Marlo Thomas. She, um, So Eileen thinks David E. Kelly likely thought if Ali was like the modern version but she says that she thinks Ali brought us backwards <laughs> um, and Eileen says you would know Marlo Thomas as Rachel's mum on Friends and she's married to TV talk show host and feminist Phil Donahue. hope that provides some context I adore you both and thank you for such a wonderful podcast Eileen from near Philadelphia Pennsylvania US the world oh. <laughs> she didn't say the world but she did put her, she did put her location yeah. <laughs> um, oh, thank no. you so much that makes a lot more sense, sense now that scene it's funny like if you if you don't get the reference on a show um sometimes it's because you've never heard of this show they're referencing <laughs> yes um but no that makes sense and also you can tell that that scene is stylistically meant to be different in some way so they're obviously referencing some things um but yeah um, yeah uh that's that makes sense so thank you for that insight Eileen I don't think I'm not sure if we ever got that girl in the UK maybe we did no I don't I've never heard of it like um but I do know I do remember Marlo Thomas as Rachel's mum though yeah friends yes um yeah great thank you um Benji, who is another patron, and he has been in touch with us all year, basically. He's constantly <laughs> sending us DMs, which we love. Please don't we stop, do. Benji. Um, don't stop. He recently messaged us after Ali's birthday episode saying it always made him laugh out loud when Elaine rugby tackled Renee. Um, (laughs) He says commentary spot on as usual. Nell was completely out of line the way she spoke to Elaine and totally uncalled for. That look Nell has on her face during John's song was always interesting to me. I often wondered whether it's at least partly why Nell chooses to do what she does towards the end of the season or at least was the final push. And we replied because at that point we hadn't watched it and we were like, we can't remember what happens then and he goes oh she acts like a total bitch and it involves Elaine too so LJ be prepared (laughs) and he says of course I only remember it as it gets partially resolved in the last episode with a lesser known Madonna chart topper which of course he's referring to the Dick Tracy song Hanky Panky 
Um, then he messaged us after the episode where Ali gets arrested for statutory rape. <laughs> he says, guys, oh I'm laughing my head off. I was listening to the most recent episode on the way back from work and had my windows down at a traffic light. And LJ's objection made this woman jump out of her skin as she walked past. <laughs> I'm uh, not sure how much I can condone this uh, this uh, behaviour of uh, pl- having it blaring out your windows so loud that other people are, you know, startled into almost getting killed on road in well, roadside traffic. I condone accidents. it, Benji. <laughs> but it does sound very, very funny. <laughs> It I'm just imagining because Benji oh doesn't God. live. Amazing. Benji lives in East London as well. So I'm like, at what point will Benji drive somewhere near where I am, and I'll just hear my own voice coming out of a car window? That's going to be really bizarre. <laughs> Objection! <laughs> like, hang on a minute. What? Oh my God, um, but yes, um, Benji says <laughs> I. I just googled Holland Taylor and found out that she's the partner of Sarah Paulson from Ocean's Eight and many many. Netflix shows. I don't know why this surprised me so much, hey. but it did. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh dear. Um, and he said thoughts about that Ali episode. Mark is a poor replacement. Not that he had big shoes to fill, and I don't think they really knew what to do with him. Plus, I can never not associate him with that awful date of Phoebe's on Friends before she meets Alec Baldwin. And I don't remember. Was James Legros? in that i don't remember that i mean i'm sure you're right benji oh i'd oh god i i've only got the vaguest of memories of alec baldwin on on friends so yeah trying to i do remember remember alec baldwin but i don't remember james legros on it no no i'd have to go back yeah i would yeah yeah, that's, I'm going to have to look that up because I don't know. going to have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm interested to know what what his, what that was. Yeah. Well, then he also says they need to give Ling more to do as she's a bloody great character. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Um, totally agrees with Eleanor about John. As the senior partner, he should rise above Nell's digs rather than attack her. Yes. Um, yes. And more scenes needed with Renee and Georgia. Yes. 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 Um, Yes. And it's also worth noting that Benji mentioned that your comparison, Eleanor, between Hope and Eve from Angel was bloody inspired. Surprised I didn't see it before, (laughs) is what Benji says. Um, And he says, although neither of them are in the same league as Lila Morgan, who I don't know because I never watched Angel. but Lila Morgan was like a queen of like duplicitous uh evil women (laughs) oh okay okay queen bee of of that character that kind of character um Ah. but yeah like i'm just so glad when um i make random references to shows that not everyone has has seen (laughs) that someone gets what i'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) there's always someone i'm sure um and Benji says he always enjoyed uh, that episode with uh, Hope, mostly because Ali gets to show that she cares about Elaine and can also be good at something, helping her to suss out that she was manipulated outside of being self-involved. 
I'm also glad that Nell clearly does see some merit in Elaine since she was going to honour her offer. And LJ, your ability to drop in lines from a musical remains iconic. You're a gay man's dream. (laughs) I'm going to have that as my like Twitter bio or something. I want that like on my gravestone. (laughs) It's brilliant. Oh my God. And uh, finally, Benji also let us know that we were his uh, number one top podcast in his Spotify Unwrapped this year. So I feel a great honour having seen that. Uh, I don't know how how often that is... that's happened to other people but let us know if if we were in your top podcast we would love to know that yes that would be lovely to know so those were the those were some of the the emails that we've had throughout the year um now I'm going to move on to questions because we did a call out for more um correspondence um for this mailbag episode um and asking people to send in their questions so we we have some questions that require answering. Um, so Fair the first enough. person who got back to us was Matthew again. He said, uh, Dear Laura Jane and Alana, again, I've been meaning to write in forever about the podcast. I think I emailed back in June. Yes, you did, Matthew. We've just read that out. Um, and he says, I just wanted to reiterate again that listening to Bygones has been getting me through the weeks. The podcast is amazing and I love each and every segment. I also enjoy it when you bring on guests, even if you are both inevitably more right than they are. Huh. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to tell all of our guests that. <laughs> and we quote. Yes. Uh, Matthew told us. <laughs> Not just us. Yeah. I've been a bit behind on the episodes at the moment. One, because of stupid Amazon getting rid of Ali McBeal. Oh. oh that's the worst thing that's happened this year as far I as this know. podcast is concerned, if you're in the UK. Um <laughs> And Matthew says, that reminds me, I might need to get a new DVD for season four. Um, Yes, please do. Um, And he says, two, because I work from home, I used to listen to Bygones when I commuted, which on occasion meant I'd be sniggering on the train. And without that, it's sometimes difficult to find time. But I have the last two episodes to watch and then I can listen to those podcast episodes. Hurrah! Um, And he says, in terms of questions, I might already be too late. You are not too late, Matthew. It's fine. Um, And he says, but I suppose my thoughts about the season were, one, do you think that Portia de Rossi had any say in her character arc for this season? Presumably she didn't, although I'm still surprised that they've gone from her being one of the most sympathetic characters in season two to a particularly unkind, bigoted character. Not that the others always react well to her or take the higher road necessarily. It's interesting because Ling still seems to have retained the likeable elements to her character, whereas there doesn't seem to be any positive character growth for Nell. Yeah, that's interesting to think about. What do you think? I don't think that the actors in a show like that in that time will have had that much influence on what their characters did or didn't do. No, I don't. uh, I think it, I I just don't think that relationship um, between actors and David E. Kelly will have been that, uh, you know, I, I just don't buy that they would have had any influence whatsoever. I also feel like, we've seen 
or I've certainly read somewhere that David E. Kelly, he's like the sole writer for the majority of episodes. Yeah. And I feel like he kind of works on his own and just like hands over the scripts and it's like that's I don't think he's like available for questioning on set all the time do you know what I mean like the actors just get the script yeah, and I don't they're think like he's available okay for notes. <laughs> no I don't think he is well because mainly because he's so prolific right he writes he's yeah. never working on just one show at a time like even today he's like churning them out like at the same in parallel yeah um and back then obviously he had like the practice um that went into like boston legal and it's just like i don't think he he just had the time for people to be coming back on all the shows being like um i don't think my character's motivation makes any sense here can you give me some more like i just don't think he did that i don't think that was the kind of relationship that he had with his shows it was like here's what i've delivered go away and film it do you know what I mean yeah Yeah. exactly I I don't think he he will have done anything like I mean not that those things didn't happen in that time like because Oz which is a really it was HBO's first hour drama tv show um Mm -hmm. that I think first aired in 97 or 98 actually maybe um and he did what the 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 showrunner and writer of the show, Tom Fontana, would sit down with every, like, main character at the end of the season and just be like, where where do you want... What what would you like to see happen with your character? Oh, yeah. Like, in the next season, what would you like to see? Um, For sure. And would incorporate those things into the, the next season, but... And I we know from think, like 90s TV shows, like I know there's there's a few anecdotes from, say, Friends, where the main actors have gone, oh, I went into the writer's room and said suggested some stuff and they took it on board. Um, not always, but sometimes. Yeah. Um, I just don't think David E. Kelly's available in that way. I don't think he's got that accessibility no. to people. Um, I, so, yeah. I just don't think he operated in that way. Certainly not no. at that time. Um, no yeah so um the next question that Matthew had was do you think the best thing about season three was Billy's death (laughs) winky face (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious um is it the best thing that had uh starts moving into more interesting places once he's died like yeah. we stop getting dragged back or so i mean it's kind of early doors because we he died quite late in the show actually like in yeah the, in the in season, the season. Mm. um so but but it was proper in the run-up to his dying, it, it felt like the show was, like, proper, starting to stagnate a little bit. Um, yeah. So I feel like it, it definitely felt like a real shake-up for the show that I think yeah. it was in desperate need of. Um, for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it gave the show a bit of a kick up the ass because they couldn't just rely on 
oh, let's tread some Billy and Ali drama ground again. Do you know what I mean? It's like ha- it's got to find yes. new ways to create tension. Um, and I think yeah. that can only be a good thing because it was getting old and like I, yeah. I was kind of done with all the Billy girl bullshit like it was yeah, it was it was good to have something to shake things up stuff. yeah um yeah uh which character do you think has had the most personal growth or is season three the season of limited slash stunted character progression i blame this on the relatively relative lack of therapy in this season talking of which what happened to all that i miss mm-hmm. tracy <laughs> <laughs> don't we all yeah i think the uh, maybe Ling has had the most growth. No, because um, in the last episode, she's like, "I'm just gonna get back with Richard." Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's the thing. It feels like they're going backwards. Like, yeah. Because uh, uh, now has just like, I mean, it's change but you wouldn't call what she's become personal growth like that well also again she's just gone back to cajun fish like she wasn't happy in her relationship she wasn't happy working there but yet we've ended the season with her going back to working there and it's like what was all that for nell why (laughs) i know that yeah there doesn't there, there seems to be a lot of regression in this yes. season doesn't it it's it's like I think it's, so. not the, it, it's not a season of progression it's regression that's happened I think in this so. season um, um, I, I guess you could argue that Ali's had some personal growth because she certainly ended the season you know I think she did the right thing with Elaine so she was nice to her yeah um she um you know her relationship with john is really nice in their friendship and she's got a great you know blossoming relationship with brian going on um i'm just pissed off that they ended like completely ended the season with her just crying with her dad like that was not necessary so yeah yeah it wasn't i maybe elaine elaine's yeah. kind of like i mean uh, it's marginal, but I think, like, you know, she's been through... Oh! What? A late contender, Georgia. Okay. Why? We don't really see her a lot. At the But the beginning... Yeah, we don't, which is a crime. But at the beginning of yeah. the season, she was still married to Billy. She was, like, still persevering with this sham of a mockery of a sham of a That's marriage. True. And then she That's finally true. is like, no that's it I'm divorcing you I've had enough and she goes off and she leaves Cajun Fish and she goes and starts up on her own like the 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 the, the yeah. ba- we haven't seen it but actually if you look at her end start point in season three and her end point she's on stage she's singing she's got her sexy pixie cut she's like not worried about Billy like he died and she wasn't like oh god do you know what I mean she was sad but like an yeah. appropriate amount of sad like I just think she's in a much better place at the end of the season. And the only thing I'm annoyed about is that we're not focusing any time of it. And now Courtney (laughs) Thorne Smith is leaving the show and that's it. Like, that's the interesting story to me. Yes, you're right. You're right. It's Georgia. It's Georgia. She's, yes, 
Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. But I think it's because yeah, we've not fucking seen it, but it's clearly happened, like like you say. And it's just the show that doesn't understand that this is an interesting storyline and maybe you should be looking at that rather than concentrating on Richard and John's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Exactly. Like, they just don't know what the interesting... Like, they're just like, oh, a woman leaving her husband and being happy? No. No. We can't focus on that. That's that's ridiculous. Nobody's going to care about that story. No no one's going to care. No one will believe it. Like, she's, she's, you know... A woman cannot be happy if she's divorced. (laughs) No. No, Um, I think you're But yeah, I think it's Georgia. Good spot. Yes. Yeah. Matthew says, is it me or have the legal cases become worse this season? I hope that season four brings something new. It's not just you, Matthew. I think we're all feeling that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, dear. They've either been like uh, just completely bonkers and made no sense or just or offensive yeah offensive or like you feel like we've definitely seen a case like this before yeah it's it's been a bit some of them have been (laughs) some of them have been like the 90s slash early 2000s equivalent of what I would call clickbait like just like headline cases that when you see them written up in a TV guide, you're like, oh, saucy. Like the, like, lesbian yeah. murderers. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, Trying to come be on. Like, this it's is like just the tabloid, like, yeah. headline of the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then when you dig into it, it's like, oh, this is just silly or it's just boring or, yeah. Like, they'll, it's almost like David E. Kelly's thinking of, like, the headline first and then being yeah. like okay I'll what, just construct a random trial case out of that people reading the tv guide to come and watch my show yeah 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 definitely exactly yeah. and I think when you're chasing things from that angle it never leads to great no. storytelling no. in my opinion <laughs> um so I do hope that season four does bring something new I think we said this in the season wrap-up episode like there was a a big old low point in the middle of season three that we were not we happy were not with. keen on. I think that came across. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so yeah, his next question is, Mark, what was the point? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> he says, albeit I've not seen the last two episodes, but I don't think those help no, in any no, way. No, they don't. <laughs> They don't. They do fuck all with him. Um, yeah, who knows? I, um, part of me does think they should have just saved introducing him until, like, season three, if they were going to introduce him. You or mean just, season four? Yeah, season four, sorry. Go on, getting lost yeah. with my season. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like... Yeah, to introduce a character and they're not really... And then uh, not really do anything with him. And the things no. that you do do with him are He's a bit got, like, like messy and confusing. And you're just like, who is this guy? <laughs> like- We've not explored his backstory. He's not been given any motivation to actually do anything apart from be kind of like butthurt about Ali not liking him. 
which yeah, and just is unfounded. Like, oh, he's he's a bit kooky because he catches TV remotes flung at him from behind, and that and still he... to me remains <laughs> the most bizarre scene of the entire show thus far. Like season one, two, three. I'm like, I do, I cannot explain it, and I don't understand it. And it's just upsetting. It's just like, why is he the Terminator? I don't understand. <laughs> He's so, it was so weird, and I still don't understand it. I still don't. They haven't explained it. Oh god! And then it gets like his teeth done in the office and stuff like I know it's just like okay well this just feels like yeah you're just like oh we need a new kooky person to replace I don't Billy. feel like I know him no. I don't know him no he's he's an like, enigma who is she who is she <laughs> yeah. he doesn't even go here <laughs> what's that from Oh, who is she is uh, from Big Brother and then she doesn't even go here is from Mean Girls but yeah <laughs> it's just weird I don't I don't know what the it's point is um, I'm not sure we you know will we get one in season four like I don't know if I hold out any hope <laughs> um, it, it just seems like a silly thing to do like in terms of introduce a character that you're not really doing much with when you've got like we say Georgia could be taken up so much more of right? the story time here I think they panicked I think they panicked when Gil Bello says I want to leave and they were like okay let's do the spectacular death storyline and then they were like but shit that means we'll be down a man uh okay uh, let's let's throw 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 any man in like literally anything and then we've got we've got the same number of men and it will be fine like I think, that, I think they just I think it was just like a panic <laughs> casting a panic character thrown in to replace Gil Bellows when he said he wanted to leave <laughs> a panic man <laughs> the penis ratio will still remain the same. <laughs> Everybody, calm down. It's okay. Turn off the alarm. Same amount of penises in the room. Same amount. Don't panic. Woo! It's okay. Thank uh, goodness. The planet is saved. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, yeah. Odd, odd choice, basically, <laughs> is what it boils down to. Um, so Matthew's <laughs> final question is that he says for it's not really a question it just says for season four more of Renee and Georgia I know that's unlikely to happen but you can dream and yeah I think it is unlikely to happen given that Courtney Thorne Smith announced she was leaving the show at the end of season three I think she makes a couple yeah. of appearances in season four but basically that's kind of it for Georgia and to be honest that's like the most criminal thing i think the show has done so far is just drop georgia like a hot potato and not do anything not do justice to the end of her story yeah just be like because she's not billy's wife anymore she's no longer there's no more story to tell her like it's just a really odd choice like and then to just like pick up mark who you've done literally fuck all with and spend I know. Like, this is time the time you've put in to introducing mark as a character with all his weird eccentricities that 
are just designed to make him be like cookie enough for the the, the Cajun fish firm. It's just like this is all good time you could have been giving to like Georgia um, and Renee. Like it, uh, it's depressing. Yeah, it is. Um, so thank you, Matthew, for those questions. Uh, moving on, we had a bunch of questions sent through from Zach, who is a long time listener. Um, I don't think we're gonna be able to get through them all, Zach, but we will do as many as we can. So he says, Dear Bygones, can you believe that we are done with season three of Annie McBeal? This season was a roller coaster of emotions. I didn't think that I was ever going to get done with season three of Annie McBeal. My first question is for you ladies. Did you feel that Nell should have been banned from Cajun Fish for blackmailing and using emotional blackmail on Elaine to get the client's files? No. Not, not <laughs> like she didn't do a she didn't do a nice thing. Today it's actually. kind of I I feel like it's down to Richard and John as the owners of the firm to decide whether she's banned yeah. or not. And if they're like okay, we can get over it, then it's kind of up to them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't personally want someone back who was clearly unhappy and has a fractious relationship with one of my senior partners um, and had stolen from me. Yeah. Personally, if I was I running think... that firm, I wouldn't welcome them back with open arms, but I'm not Richard or John, so... <laughs> no. I, I think also it's like that thing of, like... Because people can make mistakes, like, that's fine, but you have to understand why they made the mistakes they did, and if it's something like, you don't, if if you feel this is something that was like a one-off anomaly, like, this was done because they were, like, deeply unhappy, um... And, you know, the mistake and the harm that was caused by their mistake isn't, you know, terrible. Then Mm. maybe you can forgive it and overlook it. But I just, yeah, I feel like there's no guarantee here that, that now won't do this or something just as destructive again. Also, from my perspective, she isn't happy she wasn't happy at Cajun Fish. So actually, when she yeah. was asked to come back, I would probably sit down and be like, do you really think this is the right thing? Do you really think this is what you want? Because I don't think it is. Um, yeah. Like, I, 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 she wasn't happy. <laughs> she didn't even look happy when she asked to come back. Like, I just... No. I, I yeah. question... I just don't think Richard and John have that kind of emotional intelligence to see that it's not the right thing for them and it's also not the right thing for her, more to the point, for her to come back. But yeah, we are where yeah. we are. Um, uh, he also asks, do you, we think that Nell should have her licence taken away and have been disbarred from practising law? I don't know what the rules are about that, to be honest. No. I mean... Uh- my from what the show portrays, we're led to believe that Nell has not done anything illegal that would warrant that kind of official punishment. No, um, I think if the she... punishment she was given was yeah. very much kind of like, well, you're fined because you were yeah. nefarious in in the way that you got the thing yeah. you got, um, and it wasn't. <laughs> wasn't cricket like what she did no no it wasn't um so 
I think, yeah, so I don't think that needed to happen. I think the punishment she was given was fair. Yeah, um, I think so as well. Um, He says, why is Elaine treated like trash on the show? (laughs) The age old question. I mean, she's not treated as trash. Like, I think that's a bit strong. Um, She is not taken seriously. Because she often doesn't take herself seriously. Mm. I feel is, is part of it. Um, yeah I think that's that's actually quite an important part of it I think there's just a big double standard in terms of women being sexually um flirtatious and men being flirtatious like there just is um yeah yeah do not get a fair shake in that regard no um He also asks, do you ladies feel that Tracy on Ally McBeal was underappreciated or underestimated on the show this season? We didn't get a lot of her before her final episode. Well, she's not really, she's very, you know, when she was on the show, she was very much a peripheral, peripheral, how do you say that? Peripheral. 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 That's it. I was like, Peripheral. Profiteroles. Profiteroles. um character. Um. <laughs> yeah, peripheral. Like, she's not... I, I don't really think she's there to be appreciated, if that makes sense. Yeah, she's not there to be um, in it every episode and have a backstory. Like, she's very much a side character there for comic relief um so in that sense I don't think she's underappreciated yes I'm sad that she stopped making appearances on the show without that being acknowledged like I feel like she deserved there to be a mention that she'd gone but um we didn't get that but apart from that I think she was about as appreciated as any kind of cameo character would be yes yeah, she was a character that was there purely for Ali to explore Ali. Like, that's all mm-hmm. she was there for. Um, so she mm-hmm. didn't need to be anything more than that. Zach also says that his last question for us is, did you think George, Ali's dad, and Ali would be considered emotional incest in the musical episode. To me, it was creepy that George stalked Ali and Ali's dad was almost having incestuous feelings towards Ali in the musical episode. You have spoken on the topic of emotional incest before as it being quite fascinating. So I think emotional incest, it's it's, a, you know, it's not, I think we need to make it clear that I don't think that George has romantic feelings no, for his daughter. He doesn't. Like, that is not what emotional incest between uh, a, a parent and a child is. That's not what, what that is. What it is, is that he has relied on his child for his own emotional well-being. He, she has been his where he goes for emotional well-being instead of his wife and and that is that is the problem um because that is the role your partner your romantic partner is supposed to be 
Like, that's the role they're supposed to play. That's not the role your child is supposed no. to play. And, yes, I would say that he has, um, yeah, been relying on her, um, he, you know, relying on Ali for his emotional well-being instead of his wife. And that is emotional incest yeah and yeah it's uh it's a weird condition emotional incest you don't hear it talked about too often um but it's uh it's yeah there's definitely something wrong with that relationship <laughs> something yeah, not right there's, there's a, <laughs> a a dependency that is not healthy, healthy there no no that, that's the problem but yeah, it's important to make that distinction, I think, because pe- I think people hear the word incest in emotional incest and sometimes think that it's to do with romantic feelings and yes. emotional incest is, is not. It's, yes. um, it's just this, yeah, as you say, unhealthy reliance on someone who is not your partner, yes. um, who is related to you. Yes, that it's like this is inappropriate that you are leaning on them in this way. Um, yeah that's that's not that is not what their role should be yeah um so thank you zach for your questions um we also had a couple of questions one from david trumbull former guest and friend of the show he says oh and also patron i should uh, mention oh, yeah. he, he is also a patron he says hi guys here's my question i completely share your befuddlement with the show bringing in the character of mark to fill the void left behind by our dear departed billy butthurt i've been <laughs> trying to put my finger on exactly why that character has always felt wrong to me even when i first watched it and I think that it's just that with all due respect to James LaGrosse he just looks like Billy Thomas's mini-me seriously he looks like a Gil Bellows action figure who was put in a microwave and melted a bit like Billy got in a (laughs) teleporter with a butthurt fly and he's mid-transformation to all intents and purposes they're the same pathetic whiny little man baby now representationally i suspect it wouldn't even have occurred to david e kelly to replace his straight white male lead with anything other than a straight male so (laughs) my question for you two is imagine you're in charge of recasting mark blue sky thinking who do you pick that's all love you guys i wouldn't want to i just don't want mark there like i don't like I say, like, we've already got good characters, like, in Georgia and Renee and, like, other people we could be looking at. And I just don't want Mark there. He's sucking up airtime. <laughs> I think instead of Mark, I would cast uh, another female character, probably, um, and have them be a good friend to Georgia. That's what I would do. Oh. Oh. Interesting. Because I think Georgia doesn't have a best friend on the show. And I think if she'd had one, this is assuming, you know, blue sky thinking ideal world that Courtney Thorne Smith was staying on the show and they were actually going to do something with her character. I think she needs a buddy to go through single life with. And I would cast a woman who can come in and be that fun buddy. Okay. 
Because I, I don't think anyone on the show currently would ever have been able to fulfil that role. No, but I think, you know, uh, you know, I think let's be like strict with ourselves in terms of like we're casting Mark. Mark is a man. Yeah, but also David said blue sky thinking. Yeah, but he's saying blue sky thinking in regards to who is who would we cast to play Mark, not who would we cast to play someone else. No, 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 because the <laughs> sentence before that, no, I read it differently because he's put, I suspect it wouldn't have even occurred to oh, David okay. E. Kelly to replace his straight white male lead with anything other than a straight white male. So he's basically saying like replacing... Billy, if you're going to bring in a character to replace the void that Billy left, Blue Sky Thinking, yeah, who would you pick? you could have a black man, you could have an Yeah, Asian I know man, you can make it a man, I just don't bloody want man, another man, Eleanor. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I know Cal men Trans are an option. <laughs> I'm aware that men are an option. I just don't want one. Thank you. <laughs> Pass. I've gone a different route. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't what. Yeah, I, I, I think that's an interesting idea. I just think like, why couldn't we just have kept, you know, focus on the characters that we had rather than yeah. bringing in pointless male characters just to make sure we've got another penis in the room, basically. Like, I just don't. What's the fucking point? Need another penis in the room where it happens. The room where it happens. The room where it happens. I need another penis in the room where it happens. <laughs> no, I mean, I I think um, it was too soon. It was like so clearly meant to be like quick plug the gap that Billy's left. Like it was, it was just so obvious that that was why Mark was there. Like they even yeah. made reference to it in the script and it's just in like, the show. Yeah. I, 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 it was the wrong call. I think in my opinion, they should have let the show yeah. breathe a little bit and find its feet without him. And then more organically brought someone else in yes. to, to fill up your cast yes. numbers a bit. Um, yeah. yeah. So I guess I if we were in charge of recasting Mark, we would rather have no one than Mark. Yes. <laughs> we want a blank <laughs> void. That's what we would recast Mark as. Yeah, we want some breathing space. That's what we want. <laughs> a hole, a dark hole. That's what we think would be better than Mark. <laughs> a gaping abyss. <laughs> Even that would be better than Mark. <laughs> so, um, our final question then is from your husband Liam from oh, yes. from Sparklight Podcast. Husband he sent of that the in. He, yeah, husband of the pod. He um, he sent this this morning, and he said, "How do you think the show would have progressed over its five season run if Billy had never died and he'd been around to the end?" Mm. Mm. interesting <laughs> okay so i i think we would end up with this will they won't they kind of rachel yep. ross and rachel thing like yeah that's exactly what i thought and it yep. would have been insufferable and i know i think <laughs> i think it would have killed the show eventually like i think it would have i think 
I mean, maybe it would have been a good thing because we never would have got season, like, five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's no point in keeping a character like Billy around unless you're going to make him end game. Like, you yes. either kill him off, get rid of him, or their end game. So yeah. I think what would happen is that they would end up, like, sailing off into the sunset together at the end yes. of season five, which would have been hideous. Yes. And I mean, I know season five unless, isn't great, but I would think I would rather anything than that happen. <laughs> unless, unless he went through cancer, like got better and the experience of being brushing so close to death has him reform as a person completely and and he's, you know, redeemed as a human being and you know, then then they go off into the sunset together. Then I wouldn't mind it, but I just don't think David E. Kelly would have done that. I just don't no. think he would have put that in. I don't. I don't. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's what... I think we would have had a season or, or so of fannying around while they got together, and then at the very end, they would, they, would ha- they would have a wedding or, I don't yeah. know, something. A yeah. kid. Yeah, so that's basically, I agree. That's exactly what I thought when I got that question. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, those are all of our questions uh, for this uh, mailbag episode. Some really good ones there, guys. Well yes. done. Thank I'm you. Very impressed. Thank you for challenging <laughs> us. Um, the only thing I wanted to do was um, we had a grand total of one review the entire <laughs> year. <laughs> Now, to be fair, a lot of our listeners have submitted like ratings and reviews prior to this season and they did it like when they first started watching, which is great. And they all still count and help people. But I would like to say, if you do love the show and you want to support us in some way but can't afford um, to join our Patreon, Patreon... Um, which obviously you're very welcome to do if you can. Um, it's, you can join from as little as $1 a month. Um, but if you don't want to do that, which is absolutely fine, um, you can support the show by submitting a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, um, if they have that facility. Apple Podcasts tends to be where most people put them in. Um, and the reason it helps us is because it does help uh you know surface the show when people are looking for things and you know typing in about Ali McBeal and they're like oh this this show seems pretty good so uh it does help us out um so this review is interesting because it is our very first non-five star review um Mm. and it's it's but it's not it's not a troll review at all it's three stars um and it just says disappointed and um it's from someone called n mailer which i assume is just their online handle (laughs) i don't think anyone's being christened that (laughs) although they might do i don't know um and they say i used to love this podcast but i'm sad to say that i've not enjoyed it as much this year season three the most recent episode i listened to the one with the oddball parade just felt so full of negativity at almost every turn that it's begun to spoil my enjoyment of the show and the podcast i missed the 2018 eyes and then a sad face um and the reason why um i think a lot of people just focus on reading out purely positive reviews um in their podcast episodes if they do read them out which is fine um you know no judgment people can do what they want but i thought this was a really interesting um review to reflect on actually because um i'm not uh, against constructive criticism in the slightest um and I think this person was trying to be constructive 
Um, but yeah. I do think it's worth thinking about um, because actually, for me, if I think about this year, <laughs> a, I mean, it's been a pretty negative <laughs> year all round for everyone. <laughs> it's not been easy. <laughs> <laughs> but B, um, I do think season three has been a weaker season overall. Um, and actually, you know, our, our negativity, I suppose, is us pointing out the stuff in the season that we, you know, we would have wanted to do better. Um, and I just don't think there is much point in being a rewatch podcast and only focusing on the positives, especially if there are, aren't are very many of them in, an, in a particular episode. I think it's important to point out where the show could have done better um, and where we would expect better if we were to remake it today. I think you can't just um, go through life ignoring the things that are p- problematic about a show, right? Yeah, I think we have always approached doing this podcast in terms of like we are very quick to say when we don't like something but we are equally quick to say when we do like something um i hope that's how that comes across anyway (laughs) yeah I, i yeah yeah well that's certainly been our intention and i feel like that is that is something we have in general lived up to and i i just think like yeah that i mean it's interesting that the last episode that they listened to was the oddball parade because yeah, that yeah. was a real nadir for for that it was season a bad like episode. it was yeah a, a terrible episode in our opinion like it was really bad and frustrating to talk about and and uh watch <laughs> and it just <laughs> Um, and I and I just think like that is, yeah, we're we're not gonna shy away from expressing that. But at the same time, like I completely understand that if you found something good in that episode, if you found something enjoyable in that episode, that then listening to a podcast that is like pouring buckets of scorn over it <laughs> um, is not going to be particularly enjoyable for you and you know, uh, you are living through this pandemic too, the world is hard, you want something you are going to enjoy in your ears. So I completely think it's fair to, if if you found something good in that episode, like, you know, great for you, but we could not, we, we just did not see a lot of fun in that episode. Um, And yeah, I I would say... I hope it's clear that certainly by the end of this season, you know, we were absolutely full of joy at certain things in the show. Yeah, so like the so. musical episode, the the, Ela- the, the the Tina Turner content, like that, all those kinds of things. I think the show did turn a bit of a corner towards the end of the season and picked up a bit. It wasn't all 100% brilliant, but I don't think this show is on average, 100% brilliant. That's part of what's interesting to talk about it. And, you know, I I would hope that um, you, you, that, that kind of, there was that, we've said this on the season wrap up, but there was that period in the middle of season three where there was just seemed to be 
not very great episode after not very great episode and it was kind of hard to find things to be like that's great I really enjoyed that but yeah I'm I hope that you know uh, I think it's absolutely fair to put an honest review um yeah on a show you enjoy and that maybe you weren't enjoying as much anymore I hope like you stuck with us through it Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's interesting that this person put I miss the 2018 eyes I'm like I miss the 2018 eyes because we were talking about a season that was just better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's I think that's the issue I think it's the season wasn't great and you know there's only so much you can say about a season that yes. isn't great without and it I being think- negative yeah, and I think, you know, we covered this in the season wrap-up in terms of, like, there were definitely times in this season that when we're talking about it, I I would get super frustrated with it and get super um, annoyed that it, it was being, like, that the quality had dipped, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to quite yeah an unfortunate level like and that's you know there's only so positive a spin you can really put on that and that's if you want to put a positive spin on that and it's just like yeah I think it's uh, fair to say that I don't think either of us we've we've always said that one of the reasons we like covering Ali McBeal is because it isn't knockout after knockout episodes yeah it's it varies in terms of quality across the series and within the seasons. And that is more interesting to talk about to me than something yes. that's like, well, that's a brilliant episode yet again. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Like, it's, I, it's, I, you know, there's something to get into. The shows that I truly love are absolutely nothing like Ali McBeal. And the reason I wouldn't do a, sh- uh, a podcast about a show I really love it's because I wouldn't have anything interesting to say other than just falling over it. <laughs> yeah, just being like, it's amazing. Isn't it amazing when the happens? And isn't it amazing when X, Y, and Z did this? And, you know, it's just like, I would, that's not interesting to me to, to delve Analyze. into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there are ways of doing it, like, that isn't just you going it's amazing <laughs> like, I'm sure yeah. there are ways of, of doing that like uh I, yeah but I I just I I think that the, the thing that made us want to do cover Ali McBeal is because we had this kind of almost love hate relationship yeah. with it and I think that is a far more interesting place to analyze from yeah Um, and I think and I I, like you say I think we do try and give credit where credit's due but um uh we're not gonna beat around the bush if it's just not up to par like it's it's there's there's no point pretending to ourselves that we enjoy (laughs) something when we don't enjoy it but you know I think part of the reason you know, you might be like, well, why bother doing a show that you don't enjoy? I'm like, well, we do enjoy it. We are very fond of the show. Um, and that's the reason we keep doing it. And that's part of the reason why we get so upset when it's not as good, because we want, we we want, we think the show 
had a lot going for it and it deserves to be better <laughs> do you know what I mean so yeah. it's like that kind like of there's, there's you know, a lot of potential we're rooting for you some... we're all rooting for you <laughs> David E. Kelly <laughs> why do you there's, keep letting there's... us down <laughs> <laughs> it's that thing where there's just there's there's so much potential in it and yeah. sometimes it sometimes it, it reaches it sometimes it makes a go of it and sort of falls short and sometimes it just nosedives like right <laughs> out <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, and that's interesting that's, that's yeah, it is. Uh, part of the fun um, yeah. but it's fine for if us. that's not fun for you <laughs> yeah uh, it's fine like some yeah. things are not for everyone and that's yeah. the way it should be um so yeah um so thank you very much for that review sincerely um and I did think it was an interesting review to discuss on this episode um because it's a valid point of view um but also you know I guess our point of view is also valid so I hope that you've see where we're coming from and you do stick with us but no hard feelings if that's not the case and if that's not the case I guess you're probably not listening to this episode but it applies to anyone um so yeah i guess that just about wraps everything up with a nice neat little bow we've literally can tuck away season three in the file drawer marked done and dusted because we're about to move on to season four (laughs) can you believe i know season four more in four in season four <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. Uh and I hope I hope uh everyone else is too. Um what we probably should say um is that by the time this episode goes to air, I will be imminently due to go into labor with our first bygones baby. <laughs> um so um in terms of when you will expect season four, that's there's a little bit of a question mark on that. So please don't be mad if season four that's is maybe great. later than our pre in the year than the previous seasons. It really will just depend on how you know goes. <laughs> creating a baby and learning how to look after it goes um but we will try to keep you updated on the latest on all of our social media feeds so that you know when to expect um things um so bear with us during this uh very unique time in my life certainly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> less so for Eleanor but for the yeah. podcast this is yeah. uh, we can't necessarily be as reliable as we have been because really this year is going to be a completely unknown quantity for me I've no idea how it's going to go so exactly so it may it may change when we start in the year it may change um how regularly we can get episodes out or we may like be able to do it every two weeks for a couple of months but then maybe the next month only one episode like it will completely depend on how Laura Jane's coping as a new mother (laughs) as a busy mother yes so um we will keep you updated as much as we can so that you know in advance so if you're not following us on socials please do because that's where you will learn about what is happening and how things how well things are going or not um, so, uh, we're on twitter at bygones podcast we are on facebook at bygones podcast and we're on instagram at bygones pod so all updates will be posted there if there's anything to update on and uh you can almost always get in touch to uh send me encouraging comments about being a mother <laughs> bygones <laughs> podcast <laughs> 
<laughs> at gmail.com um no no trolling though if possible no like where the hell is our episode because i'll just be like you'll get it when you fucking get it okay <laughs> i've got a baby to feed <laughs> oh. and um, also, yeah can we just say uh thank you to all our patrons as well who have of course we us. can Yes, we will. Um, I think I will have put up a special message for them at the point that we get this episode out. But yes, our Patreon patrons have been an invaluable support to us and helped us uh, keep the podcast going the past few yeah. years. And um, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. Um, yeah, they've been wonderful. Um, even through this year, where it's been a difficult year financially for a lot of people, um, many have just kept. Um, sending us money to support the show which has been really 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 touching so really thank you so much yeah yeah and you know to all the listeners who are unable or unwilling to be a patron for whatever reason thank you for your support as yes. well because all listeners um, are v- welcome <laughs> welcome all listeners are welcome and valued and sacred <laughs> in our eyes so yeah yeah, that about wraps it up for season three uh we will see you guys um hopefully very soon with season four um so until next time bye Bye, bonds. bonds